Hi, and welcome to the Wedding Mavericks podcast. First of all, um, I wanted to start by saying a big thank you. Um, And that's because the response uh, to the podcast so far has been amazing. It's been far better than I imagined or could have hoped for. Um, We've already had some fantastic guests on. Uh, If you haven't listened to the one with Neil Jackson that I released Friday, just gone, uh, please give that a listen because he gave so much great insight um, that would be helpful to anybody listening who's working through the process of starting or building your business, your wedding business. Um, And that goes for all the guests that I've had on. Um, They've all been so generous with their time and their knowledge and their experience and I really appreciate it Um, and I hope you guys do too um you know i hope that you've got got a lot from it uh, if you've been listening so far obviously if you i just you know i want to say if you can share it with anybody else you know in the wedding industry who you think might might be interested in listening to it just because i can see i can see from like the metrics that every week that i'm getting more and more listeners which is fantastic um and i just you know i <laughs> I know how beneficial this would be if I'd have had this uh, to listen to when I started. And so that's why I'm really passionate about trying to get it, um, you know, to, to out, out to more people. <clears throat> so this is a, a bit of a shorter, um, different type of episode. Um, and I wanted to release it um, f- to hopefully help people um, who are feeling a bit helpless and low about their wedding business at the moment. Um, and again, I'm doing, that's because I, I know the things that have been on my mind and that I've struggled with. And if I'm feeling like that, then I imagine, you know, other people are too. Um, and and so it just felt like the right thing to do to just talk about some of the things that I've I've thought through and I've I've tried to work out what to do. Um, and hope that 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 resonates with other people and is helpful. So we're all hoping that this week we've got a bit more clarity from the government um, about when the restrictions will be eased and things and answers about when we can get back to work. But again, I don't think that's a... I don't think that's something that... um, The reason I want to talk about what I'm going to talk about is because we're we're waiting for the government to, to... as we have been nearly for a year now, you know, all the controls taken away. Um, I don't think we're going to get the control back necessarily. We might get some, uh, a little bit of, under, you know, information that can help us plan a little bit more. Maybe we might get some sort of financial support that's um, that's needed, but maybe we won't. And we can't guarantee it. We can't bank on it, but there are things that we can do. little disclaimer before I go any further, uh, this is just me talking through steps that I've taken and things that I've considered. Uh, I'm not legally trained, uh, well, not in contract or civil law or anything. Uh, I've got a bit of background in a, a little of the law, but um, not in this not in this respect. Um, and I'm not a qualified therapist either. Um, you know, I'm just talking through experiences. And I've 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 had a lot of different experiences in my life that um, maybe maybe other people haven't. 
had those experiences and therefore wouldn't have had experience of working through problems like this. So I just wanted to say that. Uh, don't take any advice as, uh, you know, legal or anything like that. So none of us could have ever expected or planned for this. I mean, y- you should, if you're running a, a business, you should always build in some kind of resilience and some contingencies. You should have a financial plan that allows you to, you know, have um, some bad months, um, you know, where you're not earning what you were expecting to earn. Savings, you know, some financial resilience in there. And uh, I've seen some posts. I saw a post on uh, on a, one of the social media groups and some guy basically was berating people and, and saying, you know, if you there's going to be a lot of businesses fail, a lot of wedding businesses fail um, because you, you've not planned and you've not, you've been running your business badly or whatever and not not saving and not and take, taking too much taking too many risks and I, I just you know you could you as you can imagine he, he got some shit for it um but what I'll say is whilst I understand what his point was nobody could have um planned for this this is this is like it's a completely different scale and situation to anything you could have ever really imagined you can't plan for you know let's say it's 12 months, but it's probably going to be, you know, 18 months, maybe longer of like not having either any income or not having the same income that you would normally have. So, you know, if things are not good for you right now in your business, please don't like let, you know, don't feel too shitty about it and negative because you, it's not something, it's not something you're doing wrong. It's not your fault. Um, this is this is you know you could not plan for this so i just that's important because if you're feeling like I, i'm at, i can't do this i'm not cut out for this please don't you know um we've had the control taken away from us in respect of like the day-to-day running of your business and the medium-term future planning let's be honest you know that's not a normal situation. So, whatever kind of product or service you provide in the wedding industry, the great thing in normal times is you know what's coming um, and you can use kind of a bit of a an idea of what's happened before to model what's going to happen in the future. Um, things are booked in advance. You know, a lot of wedding stuff is, um, it's not like a shop where you're having a good, a good month and then it might be quiet, you, you, you know, and you've got to kind of plan for that. This is, we know that people are going to book us months or potentially years out. So we can see that and you can plan that. That's how you, that's how you, you can see what revenue your business is going to generate and you plan your cash flow accordingly. Um, to, to suddenly someone just press pause or stop on that and you'd not be able to, um, plan like that in the same way. That's, you know, that's awful. Um, and it's, it's devastating. Um, and I, I have been, like you potentially have been doing, I've been dealing with postponements, potential cancellations on a weekly basis. I imagine you are too. And it's, it's very hard to keep positive. But this, this is just a problem. Okay. And like any problem in life, any aspect of life, the best way to move forward when there's a problem, when there's a crisis, 
is to avoid panicking and focus on the things that you can control. So forget the stuff that you can't. We can't control the government. We can't control whether they give us any money. We can't control whether they lift lockdown, whether they allow weddings to go ahead. But we can control what goes on in our own heads and we can control what goes on inside our own business. And we have to work through the problem and start to make a plan. This problem is a big one and we've problems of a a large size they can be overwhelming so my advice is that you need to be breaking things down into sections segments you know things that can be tackled independently um you're not just faced with i have to sort all of this out in one go and it's all linked to each other etc so by breaking things down it instantly makes an unmanageable problem less daunting gives you a place to start because it's that starting point that is hard when you're feeling the way you might be feeling um so personally i split the issue down into different elements and write them down literally on a piece of paper um you don't have to do this this is just sort of you know the way that seems like a natural thing to to list things down i do lists you know to do lists and things like that so literally write down the different aspects to the problems that i'm faced with right now um so these are usually going to be problems that you are worried about that they might not be happening right now or that they probably are though um in in respect of like cancellations postponements things like that um but it could be that things that could come up because planning in advance is is the key here. Not waiting for it all to happen. So the things that are causing you to feel worried and anxious, let's write them down and we're going to take control by creating those contingencies. And when I say contingencies, I basically mean the plan. Okay, so if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. We're not just going to wait and be reactive. We're going to think about it in advance. So we ask ourselves the questions and approach it from a, what's the worst that can happen? Okay. Now, in some respects, and I can relate to this financially, the worst that could happen is I don't have my business anymore. You know, Um, that's a big problem. But the great thing is, is I know that I'm still alive. I know that I can still work can start again, can get a job, I've still got my health, I've still got my family, I've still got a lot of things that I love, okay? So literally thinking, what's the worst that can happen? I lose my business. Actually, you know, there's far worse things. Um, But we don't have to go to that extreme. That is obviously the worst that can happen in a general thing, but if we break each thing down and then look at what's the worst that can happen and work backwards to like, how can I mitigate certain things? So this this helps us to put, put our mind in the right perspective. So if you're having problems, you know, with anxiety or whatever, and you're not able to concentrate, you're not able to sleep, by trying to work backwards to put steps in place to deal with certain things and saying, what's the worst that can happen? You're actually allowing yourself, your mind to take control of those thoughts, 
because you you're not just like I don't know what's going to happen you can actually say well the worst that can happen is this and then we can work back in steps of what's most likely to happen okay or if this happens this is likely to happen if this happens this is likely to happen and that's sort of what I'm suggesting all right so I'm going to go through some of the things that I've basically subcategorized these are quite broad and wide and I'm going to sort of talk about them in I haven't got hours and hours and hours so I'm going to talk about them um, briefly rather than going into masses of detail but hopefully by doing so it will help you to understand where I'm coming from with it so these are the problems that I might not um, there are some things that I might not be able to have control over but these things are the things that I know I can control and the things that would cause me to worry if I didn't do this kind of process. So you're going to hopefully do this exercise on your own terms. These things that I talk about might be things that you are worried about too, or, you know, causing you concern and that make you feel out of control. And hopefully doing this, you'll listen to to what I've I've done um, and that might help you. You might have other ones. So you you should list your own. You don't yours don't have to be the same as mine. And um, you know, I would I would love to hear if you have um, uh, some different things that are on your mind that you come up with. If you have different strategies that you've come up with to to deal with those things, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, I want to create like a community situation. Um, you know. I want we can all learn from each other. So please drop me a message, an email, DM, whatever. Um, tell me, tell me what you've, what y'all worried about, what what things you've tried to to do to take back control of your business, and um, you know what the, what those things are and what strategies you've put in place. So here are the four things, only four that I've really focused down on um, and thought through to hopefully you know, these are the things that worry me or things that have been on my mind massively. First one, clients that are already booked. So, obviously, that's the biggest worry because they may cancel or postpone. Their weddings are supposed to go ahead on a particular date and it's likely... (laughs) or it's um, becoming more increasingly likely they won't happen on that date, we've already moved, etc., etc. What's the worst that can happen? I lose the client. Are you going to lose all of them? Probably not. Okay? Second one, marketing to future potential clients. Because even though you might not feel like it, that's the, that's, it doesn't feel like you can do that at the moment because of what's happening and so much uncertainty... Um, and you may feel like your normal, um, you know, the way that you normally get clients and the way that clients find you, you book, get bookings, isn't happening in the way that it would normally. And it's not going to for lots of reasons. But your business must continue. So you have to, if, if you, unless you've decided you don't want to do this anymore, you really do need to focus on marketing to future potential clients this might mean spending a little bit of money it might mean just doing a lot of work to to create organic stuff but you do need to focus on this and I'm I know that sounds obvious but I'm saying it because I don't think that everybody is thinking like that 
Um, and I understand why, but you know, it's, it's so important. The reason for me why we aren't having the sort of organic uh, inquiries, the level of organic inquiries that we were having is because we're not doing any weddings, no weddings are taking place. And this is a very much a, a domino effect. You know, you do a wedding and something else will come out of it, especially for like, you know, videography, photography stuff. But I imagine it's the same for all wedding businesses. So that's the the second one. The third one, finances. Now, this is not just finances as a business. I do think that um, it's difficult when you're a, a small business owner and it, everyone's circumstances are different. Everyone's financial circumstances are different. Excuse me. Um, and also, you know, if you live with a partner or whatever and they're bringing in money as well, everyone's circumstances are going to be different. But knowing your business finances and sorting that out, and again, what's the worst that can happen? Creating contingencies. If this happens, what happens? If that happens, what will that mean? Understanding this stuff is key. Don't ignore it. Don't be like, bury your head in the sand. Because actually, it can give you such power and control if you understand this stuff and you know that this is where things are at. Exactly. Like if this money doesn't come in, what will happen? What else could I do? Massive takes the anxiety away. Fourth one. What do I do with myself to keep mentally and physically healthy and try and keep the motivation up? Because, uh, you know, usually you'd be very busy. Uh, sat around not being busy or, you know, not necessarily being lazy, but just not being busy with what you would normally do is not going to be helpful. You've probably found that it's causing you to struggle. You've changed your patterns of behaviour, which you will do if you're not working. And then there's the homeschooling thing if you've got kids and all the rest of it. These are all things that are going to cause you know, um, disruption to what would normally be happening. And that's why it's so important for you to um, break this down. What What is the worst that can happen if I don't do this? If, if I don't do that, what could happen if I do do this? And I'm talking about maybe exercise and things like that. We'll go into them all. So those are four. They're the four subcategories. And then I'm going to work on them individually. I'm just going to talk briefly through them now. All right. So to start, it's about taking control. So it's paramount that you're going to make a move. You don't wait for something to happen. The government announcements, let's say that they they are, you know, we get a lot of information this week about what they want to happen. They will not be saying 100% this is what's going to happen because this is a situation that's moving, it's, it's in flux all the time. So we can't just bank on what they say, even if what they say sounds positive. So we need to make a move ourselves, not wait. You can't, you know, as well, if you're just waiting for the government to actually do the right thing and, and financially support the industry, they might not. And they haven't so far properly. So you can't bank on that. So we need to do something about it ourselves. So on that, yeah, uh, hopefully you know about the campaign. What about weddings? This is something we should all be massively supporting. It's a fantastic campaign. 
and I really do think it will make a difference because uh, you know that's that's been a group of of people that are taking the initiative to change what others control. But what I'm talking about in here is I want you to feel more in control of what you can directly influence. So we don't wait. We can make changes and we can take some control back now. We need to be proactive and communication is vital. And if you don't feel confident about communicating with your couples, your clients, um, you know, that is a basically... Uh, the area that I would work on the most. And you're going to have to push yourself out of your comfort zone if you don't like communicating directly with people. Um, and you, if you don't feel comfortable talking like this, doing a video, on the phone, whatever, then do it via email, but do it. And do it and concentrate on making sure that that communication is good. I can't, I'm not going to go into that that's like a massive topic um you know effective communication is a huge topic but that's something you should work on if you don't feel confident about it okay so clients let's start with the clients new clients existing clients clients equals cash flow for your business if you're a wedding business clients equals cash flow you're not a uh, most most people in the wedding industry although some will, most won't be providing a business-to-business service. Many will be providing the most, majority will be providing straight-to-consumer service. So those clients, you know, we're not talking about big contracts that go on for weeks, months, years. We're talking about that each client is, is key to that cash flow. So are you still marketing actively or are you just going well there's no weddings happening there's nothing I can do I don't have any money I'm not going to do anything because if that's the case you 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 just again you're not taking control so let's say you you know the organic inquiries are very slow they certainly are for me but people are still planning weddings okay they're either planning their wedding, as in for this year, next year, 2023, crikey, there's people talking about 2024, 2025 inquiries. Crazy. But people are still planning weddings. And they're also reorganising weddings. And they haven't been able to take all of their suppliers with them for one reason or another. Usually because of like, conflicting bookings for suppliers so they're then looking for a new whoever it is their their person who was going to provide that service can't provide it anymore so they're looking for someone i am telling you yes the january february time has not been as um, busy with new inquiries as it normally would be or bookings but i have taken some and I've had to adapt a little bit. Like I've had to, I never before offered shorter coverage um, for weddings. I always did all day. Never did. I just do kind of half day ceremony type stuff. I know that a lot of people have adapted to do micro wedding packages and things like that. And I, I didn't, I held off until now. Um, 
So I have booked some full full day weddings, all day weddings for next year. But then I've also had inquiries for this year and bookings for this year, which want a smaller package. And, you know, I have chosen to, to change that, my approach to it, because it's important to keep some cash flow coming in. Um, because those weddings are being planned now. They are having them in the coming months this year. And... They're obviously expecting some restrictions. So those weddings are likely to go ahead unless we can open the venues. But if they're going to have like small 15, 30 person weddings, whatever, they're likely to go ahead. That means I've just secured a little bit of cash flow. Might not be exactly what I want to be doing, but that's the key. You are taking control because you are going to... So there are, there are people still planning weddings. There are bookings still still to take. You need to be in there. And if you're not, um, receiving the inquiries that you'd normally do, think outside the box of what you would normally do. You might not have a lot of money. You can still run some social media ads without a lot of money. Again, if, if, you, if you're wanting to know how to do that, please contact me and I will gladly give you some pointers and, and uh, you know the basics of how to set those up and how to run them. But you you really need to be doing that, whether you're writing blogs, whether you are just doing organic, a lot more on organic social media in groups, like, you know, when you see people asking for people on Facebook groups and things like that, you know, use the time to um, do whatever marketing you can, whether that's with a budget or no budget, do something. Existing clients. So, here's the thing. You don't want to hear it and you don't want to know about it. You don't want them to move. But couples will move or cancel their weddings. Okay? It's inevitable. If it hasn't happened already, which I'm sure it has, I'm sure you've moved loads of weddings from last year, they're not doing anything wrong. Those couples are not doing anything wrong. The wedding's a big deal to them. And if you want to be, you know... They want to have the day that they'd originally planned. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? It's up to them. If they want to move it, if they decide they're not going to have it anymore, there's nothing we can do. And we we shouldn't feel bad about that and we shouldn't feel negative and cross towards them for it. Yes, it will make us feel, you know, we're not going to be happy about it. But it's inevitable and you need if you change your mindset with it um so that you you expect it and that you're on board with it it's going to help you to deal with it better and you are able to have some control in it you're not just waiting to see what happens so rather than wait for them to contact you and have that sinking feeling in your stomach every time there's an email or an instagram message from them make the first move I'm not going to say how you deal with them because everyone needs to do the right thing for them and their business. But what I will say is showing some empathy, understanding, it's more likely to have a better reaction from them than being overly formal and unsympathetic and being like, feeling like, but you're ruining my business because of what, because you're moving your wedding. And I'm not saying that's what, that's what you're doing. I'm not saying that's what people are doing, but I do think sometimes it's hard when you're stuck in your own business to to really empathise with how somebody else is feeling. 
But by doing so, by being able to try and tap into that, that's going to make you feel more in control and hopefully the situation will go better. So throughout the pandemic, right from the first restrictions being imposed, uh, me and Lindsay, uh, my wife who I run the business with, we emailed and sent out a video to his clients explaining the position and how we would deal with the postponements. This is right back in March last year. Um, we did that then. We had uh, 30 to 40 bookings, I think, um, at that point, And we managed to move all of them. Like there was, I think there was, yeah, there was like 40. Some of them, not all of them moved uh, till later in the year. Some waited, but many moved at the start because we were coming into the summer and it was clear that the summer wasn't going to be as as we'd hoped. And I think a lot of the venues were, you know, leading the, the movements um, for couples. So we managed to move all of them. We were really lucky, um, you know, a bit of luck involved that, that we didn't have any that we couldn't accommodate um, and what that did was it kept the business secure financially. We didn't might not have had the money coming in last year, but there was a future revenue stream that was like, you know, we know that's going to happen. Um, the reason I'm talking about what happened last year is because I don't know how everybody else approached it, but everyone's going to have had a different process. I know I've seen lots of people you know, right back last year, throughout last year and now, having some real issues with, you know, people posting, I'm having this problem with this client, I'm having this problem with this client. You need to click those clients, ideally, because that's just that security of your business financially. And whatever happened last year, it's kind of starting to happen again this year to some extent. You have to think about it like that. For us, uh, last year, some clients agreed to pay the balances early. Um, what I'm going to say is uh, there was a positive side to that and a negative. It's a double-edged sword because it helped us with cash flow in the short term. I don't know if we hadn't have done that. I don't know how we would have kept it going in the short term uh, just because of the way we, the point we were at with things in our business. Um, but then those weddings we've still got to do in the future and we won't receive any money from them, and potentially we owe money if they cancel. So this is a potential thing you can you can do and you can look at, and it is taking control of your business, of your cash flow. But you have to consider it carefully um, because there are some downsides to it. Um, so if you haven't already considered that situation, like t- asking people for balances that, for weddings that will happen in the future, you know, potentially try it if you need to but um, I've I've stopped doing that now because uh, I don't want to have any more weddings that I'm not going to receive money for at the time and what I'll say is surprisingly so many couples were cool with it and again I think that's down to how you communicate Um, so whether it's a a full balance partial balance uh, interim payment whatever if you are sort of like stuck and you really need some cash flow um they couples are much more they're much more um what's the word flexible than you'd think um yeah i've mentioned sort of the variations of of asking for percentages and things like that um if you are having problems in your cash flow don't 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 worry about 
something which you can actually do something about. That's what I'm, that's kind of the point of this whole thing is that if you are having like some cash flow problems, look at how you can address those cash flow problems and take some steps. You don't know unless you try. So I'm in the process of sending another email. Sorry, I did. (laughs) When I started writing this, I hadn't. But I have sent another email and a video to clients. In fact, I sent one at the back end of last year or September time, I think. Um, And I've sent one last week. That communication was um, me doing a video, just sort of saying pretty much what I'd said in the email, but just uh, coming at it from a point of being able to, on video, show some empathy, show some personal personality um, towards them. And they either had the option to watch the video, read the email, both, whatever. But the message is reinforced if someone's going to watch the video. Um, and it makes it more personable. But in the email, it basically gave them some options. It It, it showed empathy and sympathy towards the situation that they're facing. It said I it, it showed understanding that I understood the situation. And it also explained a little bit about our circumstances. And part of that is to um again make it personable, explain that this is no picnic for us in the wedding industry. Um but also to show transparency and, you know, honesty and integrity because I would be getting a bit worried if I, uh, you know, if I was planning a wedding and and I could see that a lot of these businesses were going to struggle, I'd be worried, you know, are they going to turn up at my wedding? Am I going to lose money that I've paid them, whether that's a deposit or more? So showing that um, they can trust you, you know, being open and honest about the situation and about what your intentions are. It might seem obvious to you that you're going to still try and turn up at the wedding and stuff, but it doesn't hurt to tell them. And I think that's um, that's going to really help. Um, and that, I mean, what I'll say about that is... Uh, I, the, I gave them three options... One was to say, you can move your wedding and we'll do everything we can for you to move it. The second one was, you can, um, uh, you know, if your wedding goes ahead, we will do everything we can to be there. The only way we'll not be there is, you know, if legally your wedding can't go ahead and you decide to have it, we, we can't do that. But, you know, and I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes just, you know, explaining this stuff to people... Um, is important and the third one was this is what happens to your non-refundable deposit if you at this point cancel your wedding or make a decision that means we can no longer be there now again I'm not going to go into the legal aspects of a non-refundable deposit etc etc because there are different takes on it my view um, you know, and the the, the way that the like, kind of the law would see it, if they tried to take you to court and things, is is what's reasonable. And um, I've changed what I take as a deposit now, simply because um, I know I'll do some work which I can say 
that's what you're paying for before the day. But um, what I'll say is, um, from a, you don't want to be taking five hundred quid for a deposit and then not doing anything and trying to keep it. So I've changed my deposit um, and I've told them that I've already done a certain amount of work. So in that email, I've told them the reason you won't get your deposit back or you won't get the whole deposit back is because I've already done some work. And part of what I'm doing to show that I'm doing some work is sending out these emails and making these videos to send to them. I am showing that I am putting work into their wedding and their booking. So generally I would suggest you stick to your terms and conditions and be careful about that. Um, from experience, you you know that it might not be very well received, uh, you know, if you are not explaining it in advance. Um, you could sort of, you could try charging more money for changing the book into another date and dress that up as all sorts of different things. That is completely up to you. Um, I've had a bit of experience that I didn't go very well and I probably won't do that again. I'll probably just leave it and won't charge any extra. But that's a personal decision for you and your business. Um, so the thing is, you are taking control because you're not waiting for them to send the email. You are sending them information and spelling out in a very nice and sympathetic way, how this is going to go. When they make the decisions, because it's their decisions to make, excuse me, you are telling them what's going to happen next. You're in control. Brings me nicely on now to the uh, next bit. Um, so providing them with the information they need. Again, this is showing an extra level of service and understanding what they what they need to be able to make their decisions. It's doing a bit more work to prove that you're trying to keep them as a, a client and you're doing some work to say I've I've I have earned some of the money you've paid me. So providing them with a, an availability calendar. Because that way you are giving them all of the information they they need to keep you as their, you know, to for you to keep them as a client, for them to keep you as their service provider. This will be different for different service providers, but as a videographer and photographer, I, you know, can do one wedding on one day. We can actually do more than one because there's two of us, me and my wife work together. We could technically split up and do two different weddings on the same day. You, you, everyone's going to have a different set of circumstances. But what you can do is, if you put an availability calendar on, they then can look and they, when they choose their new date, if they decide to move the wedding, they already know whether you're likely to be available or not. It's huge, right? It's a simple thing to do, but it's huge for the client. And it's huge for you as the business owner. When you turn around and say, well, you've cancelled me because you've picked a date I couldn't do. I aren't giving you your deposit back because I've already done some work and I said it was non-refundable and you've co you've cancelled the contract with me because you've chosen a date, you know I'm not available. Again, legally, I'm not giving you advice, but I'm telling you how I'm showing that what what's reasonable in that business. You can use all sorts of apps to do this. Um, what I've 
been able to do is set up a page on my website. Uh, it's a Wix website, and I've got um, used a, a plugin which is Google Calendar. I've got my CRM Studio Ninja uh, linked into the Google Calendar, and the Google Calendar is displayed on the website. I've been able to adjust some settings so that it doesn't show any couple's names or information. It literally just says busy or not, and it's perfect. And, you know, everyone's circumstance, everyone's, like, setup will be different the way that they, they manage their business and bookings. But I've just explained one way. You could use a, an app like Calendly, um, they do a free version that, that would allow you to be able to do this, I think. And there are lots and lots of, if you, whether you've got a WordPress website, a Squarespace, whatever, there are lots of different things that you can do to, um, you know, to, to facilitate this, basically. If you want some help with it, I would uh, absolutely, you know, walk you through it. If you just reach out to me, send me a message and I'll show you how I do it. I could make a video about it. Um. The worries that you might have for doing this is that you might be worried that by emailing your client, by contacting, communicating with your client, you, you're planting potentially, you might think you're planting a seed that isn't already there, okay? <laughs> like, you know, they weren't thinking about moving. I don't want to tell them to, to move. What I'll say is they are already thinking about considering moving their wedding. Of course they are. Everybody in this situation is. Everybody's like going, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. You know, some people will be happy to go ahead with reduced numbers. And that's the the thing that's come out of me doing this. I've had people that have said, yeah, we are considering moving. And then I've had so many people say, and this is like for May weddings, so not very far away. May weddings saying, no, no, as long as we can have 15 to 30, we are going ahead. We're not moving it again. And that gives you... That gives you this amazing, like, feeling of control. But of like, right, I've got an idea now that they're going to go ahead. Like, you know, I wouldn't bank on it, but you can be like, hopefully the government will allow 15 to 30 guests and maybe they won't be able to do X, Y, and Z. But if they can have 15 to 30 guests, they've said they'll go ahead. That wedding will hopefully go ahead. And that, that's some money coming in in that in that month. Okay, so the the seeds already the seeds already there. You're not going to be planting a seed that isn't already there. So don't worry about that. But what what I've also done is said I've put in there if your wedding isn't going to be the same as what it is what what it was going to be, you know, we'll look at how we can still tell your story in in a, you know in a good way because I'm a videographer and you know we'll look at the service that I'm providing. Because they, they could just cancel me as a videographer, thinking we're not we're only having a small wedding now. We're not going to be there all day. Not paying him, you know, a lot of money to be there all day when he's not going to be there. I'm already telling him I'll if if we need to adjust it because your wedding's not like it was going to be, then we'll adjust it. And then I still I'm going to get paid a reasonable amount of money, and it will be in proportion to the time and effort they actually spend on the wedding. And yes, it might affect what I get as income but at least I get some income because I kept them as a client rather than saying well this is what you booked and this is what you're going to pay me and them saying well I'd rather just cancel it and lose my deposit because I I don't want to pay x amount for a service that I'm not really going to use or require 
Hope that makes sense. And the overarching goal really is, you know, to be flexible and to treat people how you would want to be treated. Okay, so you might have one like way of thinking about it, which is, you know, as a business owner, I want this to happen, right? Think about if you were in their shoes, how you would want the business owner to, to treat you, all right? Then you'll make decisions in the right way. Um, and the goal of all this is to keep the booking, isn't it? Yeah, keep the booking, maintain the high level of service that you've provided so far, and this way you're in control because, you, you know, although they might move and you don't want them to, you you we don't want a string of cancellations because it's going to sap your energy, it's going to sap your time and it'll impact on in, on your emotions and it'll cost you financially. And and if they do have legal rights to some refunds, it's just, it's going to be a heartache and it's going to be financially difficult for you. So keep the booking. Do the right thing. Show some empathy and sympathy and, and think about bigger picture. And so talked about money it brings us on to the money and finances aspect of this so you may be talking about things i don't want to teach people to suck eggs and you might have you know already implemented these things so i just i'm just going to go through them quickly and uh, because i thought it was worth discussing um but please if if you do already know all this stuff and you've already thought about it you know i'm not i'm not being patronising, I'm, I'm just sort of talking through things that sometimes people might not do and might not have thought of. First of all, do you have a financial plan for your business? And do you have a personal financial plan or do you understand your personal finances? You know, to a, to a stage that's higher than, it, you know, the money coming in is just about the same as the money going out every month or whatever. Okay, so I'm talking about like a spreadsheet or something. Do you understand what your numbers are in your business and in your personal finances? So if you don't and spreadsheets are frightening and, you know, this sort of stuff is is um, is not your strong suit, if you message me, I'll send you a simple spreadsheet that you can use, like the ones that I use, to give you an overview of your finances, both your personal finance and your business finance. And, you know, I can talk through with your how to kind of input the numbers and get the information that you want. What what you need to know is, and again, if you do this, great. If you don't, what you need to understand is if by doing this, you remove the financial anxiety. And even if the numbers don't look good, it reduces the anxiety because um, you know what the answer is and you know what you need to do about it. So let's say it looks like you're not got enough money coming in and it's going to go. You can actually say, well, yeah, for six months, 12 months, if I don't have this money coming in, if I've got less money coming in, blah, blah, blah. And you can see how that's going to affect things down the line, month by month, over the course of the next year, whatever. And it will it will make it so much easier for your mind to manage it. Because rather than worrying and just being like, I don't know what's going to happen, even if you're going to be 10 grand in debt this time by this time next year if you don't do any weddings at least you know what those figures are and you can start to make a plan to either mitigate counteract them or go well I'll 
I'll know that that's what's going to happen, but I know I'll survive. I know I'll keep the roof over our heads. And hopefully, because these weddings, if I keep them and they move to next year and they will still be there, I'll be able to, I'll be able to improve the situation. I'll have money coming in that can go to repay that debt. This is huge and it helps you make better decisions. You're not going to be just worrying and like literally just, you know, not, not able to sleep and things like that, worrying about it and then making bad decisions because you feel desperate. This allows you to just go, right, I'll make better decisions. I'll not worry about it because it's just how it is. I can't control those things, but I can control this and I can plan this. So, you know, that's why your personal finances have to be a part of this because you need to be able to pay the bills, put food on the table. Um, And you need to know how long your business can last with the money that's available to it. And if it doesn't look like it can last, you need to do something to keep the business ticking over. Outgoings, you need to look at everything you're spending in your business on a monthly basis. Again, I'm sorry if I'm teaching you to suck eggs, but maybe some people haven't done this. You need to look at what you can do without um, and what you need to keep but reduce. You'd be surprised um, what you can do if you have a discussion with your suppliers. So reach out to somebody who supplies something to you, whether you buy stock off them or whatever, ask for some sort of adjustment on the, the credit arrangement. Maybe you buy things and you don't pay the invoice for X amount of time. Ask for changes on that. If you're like me and you've got subscription services and things like that, look at how you can reduce those subscription services. I don't want to cancel a subscription service and then everyone's videos disappear. That's going to be a right problem. Okay. And I need to still have access to all this stuff and I'm still using it in, even if I'm not using it to the same extent. So look at how you can either reduce that bill down by reducing the service that you've been provided or asking them for some kind of, you know, help because those businesses, they want you to keep stick with them because that's what's going to help them survive long-term. It's going to help them thrive as a business long-term is retaining clients. They don't want everyone to just stop using their service or leave. You've got to think like that. So you've got to approach them and, and hopefully they will help you to, you know, to keep going because it's in their interest. So an example of this might be, you know, Adobe. Creative Cloud subscriptions. I've heard that people. I haven't um, done done this necessarily because I'm on a student plan, which is another another hack. And I was actually a student, so I'm not not like doing it falsely. But um, you know, uh, you you pay less as a student. Um, but you can also have I've seen people contact Adobe and they've given them X amount of free months on their you know quite expensive Creative Cloud plans. These little things will have a massive effect. So you need to take stock of your assets. It's good to know what money you potentially have tied up in equipment and stock and things like that. And I'm not saying that you sell loads of stuff because you might need it later and that would be a very short-sighted decision. But what's good to know is if like, I look over and I'm like, right, I've got a lot of camera equipment and different things. If I properly understand what money I've got tied up in them, okay, and if things got to a particular point and I needed some kind of financial resilience and there was no other way, I know that I've still got something that I can 
make a change with. So I could sell some stuff that definitely isn't being used right now. And if I knew I wasn't going to need it in the very near future, okay, and again, this is a short start. Don't do this as a snap thing. But knowing that you have that money tied up in those things that could be available if you did need it, that helps you. I'm not saying sell the stuff. I'm saying know what you can sell and what you would get for it. Because then on paper, you've got a figure that can offset other things. So if you really got desperate, you know that you've got that resilience. That's that's what I'm saying. And your personal finances are that. They are personal. So they're not for me to talk to you about or get involved in. My personal finances, you know, are unique to me as yours will be to you. But what I'll say is it's amazing what you can save. <laughs> you know, if you go through everything that you spend, again, don't want to teach you suck eggs, but if this isn't something you've already done, um, go and sit through your bank account, look at all the things that you're spending, consider how you can reduce things like phone bills, utilities, broadband packages. Some people will have the, you know, be paying like X amount to Sky or something like that when they could keep this guy and they could keep pretty much everything they've got, like from a channel's perspective. Um, but because they didn't check it and they didn't go through it, then, you know, and do like a comparison type thing, they won't realize that they're, I, I know this cause my mum did this, you know, and she was paying eight, 80 quid more than she needed to a month. That's huge. If you're in this situation, maybe you didn't need it a year ago. You, you had plenty of money, <laughs> Maybe now you need to start thinking about how you can save those little bits. And if you save something small on everything, it really does go up. Even things like loans and mortgages, credit cards. Look at how you can shift the debt so that you're not paying as much interest on it. It lowers the payments. Take it over a different term. Yes, ideally, you don't want to refinance a debt and pay it over a longer period of time. Nobody wants to do that. And I'm not advising people to do that in normal times. But these aren't normal times. So maybe, you know, you've almost paid that debt off or whatever. and But you actually need the extra couple of hundred pounds a month or whatever. Look at how you can refinance it. Take it out over a couple more years. And then when you get to a point, it'll help you in the short term. Right? And then when you get to a point where things are good again you'll hopefully have the extra revenue to be able to pay that off quicker. But these are just things, again, I can't go into everything, but going through things will make a difference. You can potentially save a lot of money, and if your personal finances reduce, it it takes the pressure off what your business is doing also. So hopefully... By doing these things, understanding your business money, understanding your personal money, it takes some of the the, the worry and anxiety away. Um, and you can do things in the short term that will help. Because as long as you've got bills paid, food on the table, everything else can we can we can figure that out. Okay, okay so we've talked about money. We've talked about the money that you're going to have coming in from clients and how you need to uh, plan for that. The money that's going out, either in your personal finances or your business, try to take control of those things by communicating, by understanding the figures. 
So what are some of the other things that you might be able to do? Again, you might be aware of all of these things. We've been in this situation for almost a year now, so people will have looked into things. But I'm just going to go through these things because these are things that, you know, um, not everybody will understand or realise they're entitled to stuff or that they can apply for things. So I'll go through it quickly. Funding and grants. There's a lot of talk in the industry about this. Um, because, you know, the wedding industry hasn't been, there should have been more focus support. We can't control that. Okay, but you, you do have to look at what you are able to apply for or claim. So there's a self-employment support scheme. Orders furlough if you are employed by your company. Both of these things haven't been, I haven't been able to take advantage of those. Um, very kind of weird grey area, uh, very unlucky with the timing. But there are other things. Okay, so there are funds and grants, depending on your area, council, city, town, etc. And you may just think, well, I haven't got a business premises. All right. So if you're business premises, you can claim some money. Hopefully, if you are in that situation, you know about that and you're already doing it. But there are lots and lots of people who haven't got a business premises, but there are grants that you can apply for. And the amount will the amount that you're allowed to you know that you get and the um, the the kind of format of the who they'll give that money to. And these are basically called additional restriction grants and they're all different depending on the council. They all have different ways of uh, determining who should get this this support and this funding. But they're not going to write to you as a business owner and ask you if you want to apply for this, you're going to have to go and research on your council websites, on local authority stuff, research what they are doing. So for my council website, they have a list of different things you can apply for. And some you have to have the business premises to be able to apply. There is an additional restrictions grant. Um, there is a, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, discretionary fund, that's it, that you can potentially get paid hundreds or thousands even from this fund and you don't have to have a business premises, but you do have to demonstrate fixed costs, okay? We should all be able to do something that demonstrates some fixed costs because we work from home, we have subscriptions, insurances, things to pay. Um, Everyone's circumstances are different. But if you're not already aware of that and you haven't looked at it, go straight onto your council's website and research the bounce back loan yeah contentious issue should we have to take out debt and have a loan to be able to pay to be able to keep our businesses going when we've been shut down in the way that we have and not being able to operate um you know some people are getting quite wealthy out of this situation um you know they're still able to work and they're able to claim things at the end of the day this is about taking control and about you being able to influence things without, you know, by yourself. So without having to wait for someone else to give you something. So the bounce back loan, if you haven't already looked into it, I would suggest that you you take one out because, you know, that money's there as a resilience. You don't want to get into debt, but it maybe is a situation where you're worried about stuff and by taking that, it will give you, uh, it will take some of the worry away because this is a short-term situation. 
and you want to be able to carry on going long term. Universal credit. Um, I have never claimed benefits in my life um, until now. And I'm not ashamed to say that I have been claiming universal credit for the last few months because that's all we were really entitled to. And we've never been in the circumstances before uh, where we could claim anything like that uh, because we both worked and we both earned money. And this situation has changed things for us. So it is a something that is completely on based on your circumstances, whether you live with someone, whether you what, what they earn, what other money you have coming into the house, what savings you've got, all sorts of things. But what I'll say is, if you haven't thought about, if you're in a, a pickle, if you're in a financial situation that's not great, um, this is something you should look at. Um, because... It's available and you are entitled to it. And if you've been a taxpayer, national insurance payer all your life, you know, you you should be able to, in a time of need, you should be able to get some support. Um, and maybe you've not, not looked into it because of different reasons. One of those reasons could be that you didn't think you'd be entitled to it. If you're running a business and it's making a loss, okay, which it, or it's not making much money at the moment, that's one thing. And then if your personal finances are such that there isn't the same amount of money coming into the house as there normally would be. Obviously, if you've got a partner that's got a really good job, you're probably not struggling financially at the moment. Uh, your business might be, but your personal finances aren't. Um, so you probably wouldn't be able to get it. But if, what I'll say is, if you were the main breadwinner, if you were the, if your business was bringing in most of the money or more than half of it, whatever, you, you're almost you're going to be able to claim something, and so you should. Um, I'll, I could talk about the the um, the difference of what's happened with the, the pandemic because normally, if you've got a self-employed business, it, there's a minimum income floor and things, and that's been scrapped. And the great thing is, is that means you, your business is not it, it, you whatever your business is making, that's what you're assessed on. You're not assessed on what they think a business should be getting. I won't go into that, it's complicated, but, um, you know, think about if you've got mortgage, rent pay, you've got kids, all these things are going to mean that you're more likely going to be able to receive some kind of support from Universal Credit. Okay, so we've talked about, like, finance um, and the client's. And we've talked about doing, you know, we need to talk about very quickly about things that you can do to keep busy, physically, mentally healthy. Exercise is obviously um, quite an obvious thing. I'm not going to turn it into a, a health and fitness podcast. What I'll say is I've, I've not, um, I've been so busy running my business for the last few years. I've really neglected my health and fitness a bit. This is a great time to turn that around and that's kind of the plan um and i know as soon as i start doing exercise that changes my mind um makes me so much more motivated so much more positive healthy body healthy mind um so if you are feeling really low even if you're not a, a sort of into fitness and you don't like running just get just get out and go for a really long walk or if you fancy trying to run 
or do some, you know, exercise video or some, you know, like a, a YouTube, like a PE with Joe with the kids. Just do it because it's going, it's definitely 100%. I know this is this is definitely going to sound a little bit teaching people to suck eggs now, but definitely going to lift you. Other things, do things for the love of it. Um, do passion projects. I, as a, it's going to depend what, what you're into, but like as a photographer, filmmaker, I have got photography gear and stuff and I never get time to really, I'm always just capturing things for people's weddings and commercial clients. But right now I've got some time. So get out, use your camera, think of things that, you know, think of what you would do if you, if someone just said you can make anything you want. Okay. You haven't got a budget, but think of what you would want to make and just go and make it. You know, if you want to learn a new skill, with that camera, get on, get on YouTube, find some free tutorial stuff and just do it and create that work that you're passionate about. And the chances are you do stuff like that. You're going to, um, someone's potentially going to see it. If you put it out there, do something for you, do something you really enjoy, put it out there. Who knows what it might lead to, but you're never going to have this time again. Are you? Um, Look for collaborations, you know, other people. I know it's hard. We can't really be mixing with people, but look look at things that you could collaborate on with people. Look at things you could do to strengthen your business by approaching other businesses, offering them something. Think outside the box. Don't think about everything as being financially motivated. Think about what you can do to change the the, the business in the long term. You might have something, project you want to do, like, for example, starting a podcast and you've got the time to do it that you didn't have. Um, and I know, I know it might feel difficult right now. Maybe you're homeschooling the kids and maybe you're feeling really low. If you are, reach out to me, okay? I'll have a chat with you because I can guarantee that I've felt the way that you're feeling too. And I know that you can pull yourself out of it. And the first steps has to be to clear your head of all the shit and talking to somebody else is a great way to do that. I'm really lucky that I've got a, a supportive wife that I can talk to. But, you know, if you don't have somebody who you feel like comfortable talking to about the way that you, the, the, the negative feelings that you've got and um, or just how how you are feeling and how you want to change that, I'll talk to you. Just reach out to me, message me. Okay, you could study. Now, this is uh, about, I'm going to wrap it up quite quickly because I'd meant this to be a shorter podcast and I've rattled on for over an hour. Here's the thing, studying, uh, you could do this at all sorts of different levels, but I do think that by using your mind, you know, so again, we're taking control of the situation. We've got some time on our hands and we can do something to change. It might not be able to change something that's ha- the things that are happening today, but we can change things going into the future. So you are taking some control. Study, okay? You could do this at all sorts of levels. Sorry. You could do a short online course. You could do free ones. You could do paid ones, depending 
where what, what sort of like your circumstances are at the moment, you know, and you could do those from your house while the, you're home, trying to homeschool the kids. You could do a bit of education yourself. Think of something that you want to learn or need to learn or have always, you know, I'm, I've started learning the guitar, okay? You know, because that's something that I really want to do and I've got a bit of time to do it. But, you know, this could be um, qualification-based. It could be an academic study project. It could be just learning a new skill. It could be learning a completely new skill. Like, for instance, if you're running your own business and you need to know how to make content, you could learn, teach yourself how to use your mobile phone in a you know more organised way to create content for marketing, for social media. You know, there are courses out there that you could you could do to learn these skills or you know we could take it a step further you could just be like well I'm not really doing anything right now what about a plan b what about you know I thought I was going to be a business owner but what about if you know maybe this has changed my mind what about if uh, if this doesn't uh, if it's if it ends up being too difficult maybe I should have a plan b and if you don't already have qualifications if you've not been to university or college what a great time to do it. Go and get a qualification in something that you think could be the plan B. Um, and, you know, uh, you could study um, and you could be put off by the fact that you haven't. it would cost you and you haven't got the money. What I'll say is, if you're like me and you, you're heading towards 40 uh, and I wanted to get re-educated and I wanted to re-skill myself and do something completely different with my life to what I'd done for the first um, 15 years of career and so I went to university so yeah it cost money but it's a student loan and because of the time of life that I'm at I likely won't ever pay it off I might have to pay some of it back but I probably will never pay it off because I won't be working for long enough and if you're going to do something like that and I'm not saying that's what you should do but it's an option to help you in the short term financially because you'll be able to get some money towards a maintenance loan to help pay for living costs and you will learn and gain a qualification and if you haven't already done that you can use this time to do that whether it's an undergraduate or postgraduate study you can get paid you know, my wife at the moment is doing a teacher training course. So after she finished her degree last year, she's doing a teacher training course now. She's getting paid for it and she gets a bursary. And if it wasn't for that, you know, she's, she's, she's what she wants to do. But if it wasn't for that, I don't know how we would be surviving right now. It's because of that that's helping us. But it's also creating a, a plan B. It's, it's creating a new career for her um, and... You know, it wasn't on the cards until this happened, but that's one way that you can work your way out of this situation, out of the pandemic. Um, and then the last thing is the short-term jobs. So I've looked at different jobs that I could do. I've been I've been busy doing other things on the business and sort of doing this podcast and and other things, but I have taken the steps to apply for like the COVID vac- vaccinators job. You don't have to be a medical professional. They'll train you. So I'm kind of in the process of doing that. 
there are lots of jobs at the moment, even though unemployment's high, there's lots of jobs working in COVID-type roles that will be shorter term, they'll be for a few months, um, maybe a year or something, working, you know, in test centres, in the testing in schools or doing, you know, doing these sorts of jobs, like I say, with a COVID vaccination, you can do the vaccinated role, but there's also admin roles in relation to that. These jobs, they're trying to fill these jobs. And if you're looking for some short-term employment that will tide you over while your business is sort of in this paused state, this is definitely something you should look at. There are lots and lots of options out there. Um, uh, So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because... You know, if you're worried about fin- your personal finances, about how you're going to put food on the table, there's your, that you can do something about it. You can take the action by getting one of these short-term jobs. It doesn't have to be something you do for a long time. As soon as the business side of things comes back on, you, you, you're back doing that. So I preach that some of these things I've discussed are things not necessarily directly uh, within your business that you can control. But the reason I am talking about them is because if you want your business to survive this, the main thing you need to do is preserve your household income and the ability to pay your bills, put food on the table. You need to maintain this. Maintain your life because the business will bounce back. And you also need to keep your clients so that your future you know, revenue is secure and you're, gonna, you're not going to worry about getting your business back up and running, it's going to be able to just come straight back um, and be strong. So the key is don't put things off. You've got to be proactive and you've got to communicate. I was way longer than I expected, so I'm really sorry about that. But I would love to hear any of the, you know, your ideas or options that you've discovered, strategies for working through this situation. And if you've got any questions for me and you want to talk about anything or you want to have a chat, uh, or you want help, like you want me to send you a spreadsheet or anything like that, um, just get in touch with me, send me a, an email um, through the website, or you can DM me on social media at, so, at Wedding Mavericks. I would love some feedback if it's been useful for you as well, because that just makes me think, well, at least I want just talking to myself for an hour, um, but you know, if it's been useful in any way, even if it's just to kind of like give you a, come on, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, you know, even if you knew all of the information that I talked about, you already were aware of it and could have done it yourself. Just just to hear someone say, yes, thank you for saying it because it just gave me a boost. It would really, I'd really appreciate hearing that. Um, thank you for listening to the episode of the When Mavericks podcast and I hope that you uh, subscribe and listen to future episodes. And yeah, thank you for your time. See you later.